0: Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person. I just had an episode talking about some of the resources to help you decide what residency programs to apply to, and how to gauge your competitiveness for different specialties uh, using Residency Explorer, FRIDA, and the ACGME website. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about NRMP data, where to find certain information on the NRMP website. So, what you want to do is you want to do a Google search for NRMP data, or you can go to nrmp.org and then click on match data and analytics. You're going to make sure that you're on the residency data and reports page. If you're applying to fellowship, there's also a fellowship tab. So it looks like there is some some data available for the 2023 match that just happened as I'm recording this. That is the match cycle that I matched at. So this is going to be relevant. I'm talking about my own experience with the match because I'm included in all of this data. So there's something called advanced data tables. So this PDF really just gives you the match summary for MDs and DOs separately. It includes each of the specialties. It separates them by... PGY1 positions, PGY2 positions, and physician positions. So the difference between that, so most of you are going to care about the PGY1 positions, that's when you match straight from med school to residency. PGY2 positions are advanced positions, so you would have to match either a preliminary medicine or preliminary surgery program plus an advanced position, or you can do a transitional year plus an advanced position. So the PGY to advanced positions, you wouldn't start until one year after you match. So if there was a circumstance where you already completed a preliminary year and then your Applying for a PGY2 position, then you would have to wait a year until you started that position. Physician positions mean that they start in the year of the match, and it's when someone has already completed that first year of residency. So then you would go right into it without having to wait that year. So this provides somewhat useful data, maybe to see the number of programs that are available in each specialty to kind of see if your specialty is a categorical position, so it has that PGY1 position, or if it's advanced position only, so you would have to do that preliminary year plus that advanced position. Then it says, um, how many programs went unfilled, um, which could be useful to kind of gauge the competitiveness of a specialty. If there's zero unfilled, it means that it is very competitive. And then it tells you the number of applicants and the number of matches and the percent filled by applicant type. Table two kind of has similar information where it says out of all of the positions that were filled, how many were MD seniors, MD grads, DO seniors, DO grads. And when it says grad, it just means that it's someone who's already graduated medical school and is now applying to residency positions. Whereas the MD and DO senior refer to those fourth year students that then match at the end of their fourth year. So almost always, I don't really see any exception to it, the MD senior and the DO senior is going to always be more than the MD grad and DO grad because there's not as many of those applicants and also the match rate for those applicants is usually lower. This table also has some information about how many Applicants matched who were U.S. IMGs and non-U.S. IMGs, so that's helpful. Table 3 just tells you which specialties are growing, sort of. Not necessarily that are getting more competitive, but that there's more positions available. Um, So I see here that psychiatry is increasing, anesthesiology, but that's not terribly informative. Table 4 shows how many applicants there are over the last few years and obviously that's going to be increasing for the most part so that's really the advanced data tables really just a snapshot to see how many how many slots are available in each specialty and how to figure out if yours is usually categorical or usually an advanced position I am now providing personalized assistance specifically to medical students. I can help with editing your CV for away rotations or other opportunities. I can aid in revisions for your personal statement. And when the time comes, I can help you edit your ERAS application. While many services out there are led by staff members who are years to decades removed from their experience as medical students. I am uniquely positioned to help you as someone who has been through this process myself in the last year or two and as someone with professional writing and editing experience. In addition to listening to my past episodes with tips on navigating applications, use the link in this episode description to learn more about the services I offer for individualized help. So then there's one called the 2023 Match Results by State Specialty and Applicant Type. You can kind of see a a snapshot of which specialties are available in each state. It shows you the number of positions, not the number of programs, and it will tell you how many filled. Definitely, if you're um, a DO applicant, it helps to see on this page if DOs are matching in that specialty in that state but otherwise this uh, data table set is not terribly informative. Then there's program results 2019 to 2023. So this is one that they kind of add to each year. This one is by program. So it's by state and then it's by program. And it tells you how many their quota was, so how many slots they had and how many applicants they matched. So this is helpful. In addition to using the ACGME website, because the ACGME website is going to have more programs than are listed here because they'll also have the new programs, but it's helpful to see in each state how many programs there are that matched residents in the last year. You can also use this to look as far back as what I'm seeing 2019, so you can see if they've matched all of their residents each year. And you'll see dashes if it's a newer program, and that might be helpful to know too. It has the locations of all of these hospitals too. So it helps to collect that location-based data for a spreadsheet that you're working on. I found this, this PDF to be pretty helpful in kind of gauging a little bit of the competitiveness and then just to keep track of programs and where they're located. You can also see pretty clearly in this list, um, especially if you're applying to family medicine, internal medicine, uh, you can see within each institution, you can see what other specialties they have on site. So... That really comes in with the unopposed and opposed programs. Maybe as a family medicine resident, you want to be the only residency that's there, the only specialty, so that you can have more of the responsibilities that might be taken from you if you're at an institution that has a lot of other specialties, a lot of other residency programs. Then there is a PDF uh, called Average Length of Rank Order List by Match Status, And this has data from many years, as far back as 2004. So this is basically just saying, this is a short document, it's just saying that programs that filled typically ranked 83 applicants this year. And they typically ranked about 13 applicants for each position that they had. And then for applicants, applicants that matched had an average length of about 12 programs so the average matched applicant across all specialties had an average of 12 interviews or more because you should only be ranking the programs that you interviewed at because programs are only going to rank the applicants they interviewed with for applicants who did not match the average of their rank lists were four and then here's the really big PDF results in data main residency match. So as I'm looking at this, it's only the 2022 that this is available. And this is the big PDF over 130 pages. So a lot of this is just explaining different terminology. There's very similar uh, tables from the first PDF that I talked about think they actually take those tables and just insert them here. So a useful table from this PDF is a figure seven. And I don't know if the figure numbers are going to be the same with each year that it comes out because I'm looking at 2022. There's some nice pie charts of match applicants separated from MD seniors and DO seniors and how many of them matched at their first rank second, third, fourth, and more than fourth. And it shows that for MDs and DOs, the match rank is around 48% for matching at your top choice. And this is across all specialties. So it's probably higher than I would have expected. The second rank for MDs is 16%, DOs is 18%, rounded up to 19. Third rank is about 10% for each fourth rank is around 7%, and then more than the fourth rank for MDs is 19%, for DOs is about 16%. So table 18 on this document is helpful uh, because it shares how many programs participated in SOAP for each of the specialties and how many positions were available in the SOAP, how many of those programs filled in the SOAP and how many of those positions filled in the SOAP. The main part of this document is the rest of it, which has by state a program name, its location, what specialties they have, and their their quota and their match, as well as their program code. This is useful sort of like that other document that went state by state, program by program. And it's also useful to see if a specific program is categorical versus advanced. So if you have to pair it with a preliminary position um, versus one that you can just match straight into, you can use this document to see how many positions were available the year before for a certain program. And it's really just a good snapshot view of what programs are available in in the states or at the institutions that you're interested in. So because this document is so long, I think it's helpful to do like a control F, a search for a specific specialties name. So then you can go and see where all of those programs are. But again, the ACGME website is going to have that full list for you. And you can see which ones had to soap based off of if they filled their quota. This episode of Firstline is sponsored by TrueLearn. TrueLearn is an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I decided to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for preparation for Comlex Level 1 and Level 2. TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE smart bank. If you are in your third year, TrueLearn also offers smart banks for shelf exams and Comat shelf exams. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. Then, under research reports, there's a few other documents. Um, There's a demographics document that looked a little bit at some of the top specialties and the demographics of um, those applicants. So, you can see, for example, in OBGYN, 86% of applicants were female. And then in something like uh, orthopedic surgery, 75% of applicants were male. So you can kind of see the demographic breakdown here. They also report it by applicant reported race. And this, of course, is self reported data. So it's only based off of the applicants that chose to disclose this information. So a really useful document is going to be the charting outcomes in the match. Char 3 is really important. So these are the match rates for MD seniors. And 2023's data didn't come out when I'm recording this. Um, this is 2022 data. But this can show you what, what the match rate is. So the highest percentage was actually child neurology and radiation oncology had the highest match rate for md seniors at 98.1 table two is very important um so this is just overall with all specialties all md seniors how many contiguous ranks so how many typically that means how many interviews that you had and how many programs you ranked did md seniors who matched have has the mean usmle step one and step two score obviously um step two score is going to be the one to look at because step one is just going to be pass-fail. So that average was 248 for uh, step two for a matching MD senior. Um, And 242 was the average for not being matched. Number of abstracts, presentations, publications, number of work experiences, volunteering experiences. You can um, look this up yourself because it's probably going to change year to year, but this is good data to look up and to be aware of. Chart four shows the number of ranks by specialty. So the the lowest one for this was interventional radiology averaging about four and that's probably because there's just not that many programs and so it's really competitive to get those interviews. Um so most applicants don't don't have many of those, but they still were able to match successfully. In some specialties you just need more more interviews because they the programs themselves are interviewing more people. The highest one is at neurosurgery and um, vascular surgery. The um, average was twenty for those people who match. So that's usually why 20 is referred to the number to be safe um, with matching because that's the highest average for any specialty. And most most other specialties are around that like 12 to sixteen range needed to match. Uh, Chart seven is going to be really helpful for students because these are your step two scores that you would want to aim for in your desired specialty. So you can easily look up, let's say you're interested in neurology. So neurology, you can see that this chart, it looks like maybe 238 to 258 was that range of matched applicants, and then the average is around uh, maybe 246, 247. So, that's really helpful to know that you should be aiming for that score in order to match into neurology, whereas those applicants that did not match had a range of scores from 220 to 231, whereas other specialties have a lot more overlap. Interventional radiology looks like all of the applicants had between 245 and like 261. And it basically overlapped that whole range Match applicants and and not match applicants covered almost that full range. So it really depends on your specialty. This graph is super helpful to know how competitive you are for a specialty based off of your scores. And then uh, there's other charts here that do the same thing with research experiences. They tell you what the average was like broken down to each specialty. So it's important to be aiming for those averages with your desired specialty. And then the majority of this document is the breakdown between specialties. Each specialty has their own charts. So if I'm just taking OBGYN as an example here, it will say the average number of ranks so for md seniors the average number of ranks for obgyn was 13 and it says the average usmle score the average number of research experiences all of the other metrics as well then it shows how many applicants matched every number of ranks and how many of them matched versus not matched so you can see with with ob there was more unmatched applicants than matched applicants until you hit five ranks so that means for obgyn it's really those five ranks once you get to that fifth rank you have a much better chance at matching it's really that inflection point um, and then Typically, you'll see something similar with all of the other specialties. And typically, as you increase the number of ranks, that difference between matched and unmatched just widens even more. And for some specialties, once you get to a certain number of ranks, you have a 100% chance at matching or very close to it. Looks like for OBGYN, though, there was a lot of applicants who ranked more than 16. So it doesn't mean by any means you should stop at 14 if you do have more because the plurality of the applicants are going to have more than 16. Then there's a very handy graph that says your probability of matching by your number of ranks. So this is super important. I know some people, they just feel so much better once they hit that like 90% Probability of matching rate, which for OBGYN, that's about 12. So once they've reached 12 ranks, they have a 90% chance at matching, and some people feel comfortable stopping there. So this is based off of like a line of best fit. So because it's logarithmic, it never actually reaches 100%, but you can see that once you get to 20 ranks, it's practically at 100%. It's like 99%. Then there's a graph on a uh, USMLE Step 2 scores. Uh so you can see based off of your score what bucket you would f- fit in. Um and it says the number of applicants with your score range that matched and the number that had your score range that did not match. And for OBGYN uh, the majority of applicants who matched were between 251 and 260. You can kind of see, based off of what score you got, if that means you have a higher chance of matching versus not matching. For example, between 210 and 220, um, there was more unmatched applicants than match applicants. So if you are within that score range, it's probably good to dual apply. So you can use these charts to inform your decisions on how many programs to apply to based off of how many ranks you want, and then also if you should dual apply and if you're competitive for a given specialty or maybe you have to think of another specialty that you would enjoy just as much. Then I love this graph for each specialty. It has your, I think they only have this for step one score, but I'm hoping that they're going to do this with the step two score as well, is the probability of matching with a step a specific step one score. So it's a similar type of graph. You'll never reach the 100% chance at matching, but you can see where the inflection point of maybe where you have a greater than 90% chance at matching based off of your score. Once you get a score, you can just take this graph and see where you are and see what your probability of matching is. And if you're not comfortable with that then maybe you have to apply to more programs to increase your chances or maybe you have to dual apply. Then there's a lot more graphs with very similar like saying how many work experiences and how many volunteering experiences and I'm very curious to see how the new changes to ERAS will affect how this data is reported. And please note that there's also charting outcomes in the match for senior students at USDO medical schools. And all of that data reports for USMLE scores and COMLEX scores because many DO students take both. And then there's also charting outcomes for international med- medical graduates, which could be very helpful um, to decide how competitive you are based off of what type of applicant you are. Then there's some survey reports. Um, So there's, it looks like there's a research brief on virtual experience and holistic review in the transition to residency. This is just asking like applicants how prepared they felt and really just assessing um, virtual interviews. Um, And then they also asked like program directors what they thought about virtual interviews and you can kind of see just general trends with that. Um, I think it's probably going to be pretty stable now that a lot more programs are doing virtual interviews across most specialties. So you can look at that if you're more interested in how virtual interviews change things. Then there's a program director survey that the NRMP does. This is a very lengthy document. I think the all specialties graphs probably aren't aren't very informative because I think a lot of this depends on your specialty. It will give you the average number of applications that each program receives, the average number of applications that are rejected based off of standardized, standardized processes, the number of applications that receive holistic review, which is the vast majority of them, the number of interviews that are actually sent, and the number of applicants that are actually ranked. Then it says like trends in how many um, interviews are sent out and how how many applicants are being ranked, and there's also some charts uh, saying like the percentage of programs that require certain scores, or if they just prefer certain scores, or if they just require a pass only. This is um, helpful to see if that specialty conducts interviews virtually or if some of them are in person. Then there's some charts on what holistic review really means to certain programs and what kind of factors they see as important. So there's that kind of data for all of the specialties. Lastly, there is an RMP applicant survey, uh, which is less informative than figuring out what program directors want. But it can be helpful to look at what applicants are looking at as important after the fact so looking at goodness of fit and the interview day experience they do break it down by specialty as well so if I'm just going to interventional radiology um, it breaks it down with what interventional radiology applicants thought were most important when ranking programs when interviewing then it says the median number of applications submitted, which I think this is useful to know because this isn't going to change drastically year to year. It helps to know, okay, most most applicants are going to apply for interventional radiology. It's about sixty-two for MD seniors. It's fifty-two for DO applicants. It's sixty-two and IMGs forty-two. So you know, if I'm an IMG applicant, I probably want to at least apply to forty-two programs. Of course, if everyone's doing that, then the averages are going to go up every year. But uh, it really is also based off of how competitive you are as an applicant. So you can use a combination of a lot of these different uh, charts and data to your advantage to decide how competitive you are and then compared to the average applicant, how many do I need to apply to? So I think that's the biggest takeaway from this document. I know that was a lot, but I hope that this episode helped, to, helped you to know where to look for certain things, and I kind of talked about what I thought was helpful. So again, this is really just using the data to your advantage to help you decide if you need to do apply, how many programs you need to apply to, how many interviews you should take, how many programs to rank whether you should even apply to your chosen specialty based off of your step two score, things like that. And again, everything that I've I've said is everything that was on the website as of May 2023. I know that year to year, they publish the same sort of data typically. What they include in the surveys are going to differ a little bit, but typically things that they're going to be reporting on is going to be pretty standard. They might drift away from the number of volunteering experiences number of work experiences and probably a little bit more focus on that step two score and that level two score but i'm curious to see what other kinds of outcomes they might might chart in order to help applicants decide on their competitiveness for programs especially since it looks like it's going to be a little bit more quality over quantity in the years to come you can follow first line on instagram at firstline podcast or on facebook facebook.com slash podcast stay tuned for a new episode every monday